Well, good morning, church family. My name is Maya Williams, and I am the Mile City Lion Location Pastor. And I'm so glad that we're together today and so excited that you are here, especially as we continue in our series, Home Run. And when I think about that, that title, Home Run, I think about the life that we are living, this mission that God has put us on, this journey that we're navigating, regardless of what you believe. We all have this feeling that we want to hit a home run. We want to knock it out of the park. We want to live this life the way it was designed to be lived. For some of you, that may literally actually be playing baseball, hitting a run. But for others, it's just doing well. It's living this life the way it was designed to be lived. And so when we express that desire to live a life well, to live it the way it was designed, the question that most often comes after that is, great, that's our desire, but how do we do that? Is there a plan? Is there a strategy? Well, the good news is there is a plan. There is a strategy. There is a play. God has, uh, has given us as Christ followers this play, this strategy, and it's what's known as the Great Commission. And we find the Great Commission in the New Testament in the uh, first book of the New Testament, Matthew, in chapter 28. And here is what that says. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that's what the mission is. That's what the mission is based off here at Mile City. The way we say that here at Mile City is helping people move towards God. Or if you're at the Trails Church, it's leading people to discover Jesus. Now, there's a couple different words in there, right? They sound a little bit different, but they are all based off of the Great Commission. Now, the Great Commission, those mission statements, they're very easy to say. They roll off the tongue. We can comprehend them quickly and easily, but they're a lot harder to navigate. They're easy to say, but harder to navigate. So a couple years ago, we just kind of realized the difficulty of helping people move towards God, what a joy it is, but sometimes how hard it is. A couple years ago, uh, God gave our lead pastor, Travis, this vision that wraps around the mission of helping people move towards God. God gave Travis this vision that wrapped around our mission. And this vision uh, that he gave our family of churches is what it would look like to keep going healthy, to keep going on mission. If we were to go there's for, as mentioned in the Great Commission, what would it look like? And that vision for our family of churches is to be a share, shape, sending church. A share, shape, send church. And that vision is a cyclical vision that if done right, it will continue to keep going round and round and round. If we continue to share the gospel, right, then we'll have people to shape. And if we continue to shape and disciple people, then we'll have people and church planters that get sent out. And if we keep sending, there will continue to be churches in all areas of the world that keep sharing the truth. They keep sharing the truth to the one that there's a God that is so crazy about them that he sent his son to die and rise again so that you, so that me, so that we all could have a chance to be with God for eternity. And so last week, Travis kicked off this series on run with share. If I could turn back time. Yeah. If I could find a way. Not that type of share. Although she, she's got some hits. But share. And that's where it all has to start. We can't shape if we don't share. And if we don't shape, then we can't send. It all starts with sharing. And we have to, as Travis put it, get on first. Take the attempt to share the gospel. We all want to get home, right? We all, we all kind of want to bypass all the steps and get home because it's exciting to travel those bases and go home. But we can't get home until we get to first. We have to get on first. So in efforts to increase our church's sharing capacity, and we have two things to help equip us, to challenge us, to ramp us up, to get our motivation going to share the gospel more. 
so that more people, whether we get to see the end result or not, will eventually experience the love of God. And so the first thing that uh, we have to help equip us, to help us share the gospel is this QR code right here. Our uh, awesome uh, arts director, Justin Cox, created this QR code. As you can see, there's a little lil in there. Way to go, Justin. Um, but this QR code, if you didn't get it last week, it's okay. This is your chance. Uh, you just have to take your phones out. Go ahead and just take them out wherever you're at, home, at work, wherever. I'd I hop. Uh, and just snap that. Snap it. Get it on there. And what, that, what that's going to do is when you snap that, it's going to take you to a page on Miles City's website. And it's going to give you the uh, instructions on how to download this gospel acronym wallpaper to your phone. And this is really great because it's really simple. This gospel acronym is so simple. It's a simple format. It's so simple that it helps us memorize it and internalize it. And thus, that gives us this capability, this more motivation to want to share the gospel in a kind, loving way, probably more than we ever have when we have something behind us, when we know that we have something internalized that we can just talk so boldly about who God is to others. And so we want you to download that. If you can't get it, if something's going wrong, I don't know, maybe you have, I don't know, a weird phone, whatever it is. Maybe the internet's out. Don't worry. Go to the library. Go to Starbucks. Email info at milescity.com, and we will help you get that wallpaper because we want you guys to have that. The other thing is a challenge for all of us, our whole team. And when I say our whole team, I don't just mean us on staff or our city group leaders or our kids directors or families or retired individuals. Our whole team, all of us, a challenge for all of us to share more courageously the good news of Jesus. I mean, think of what would happen in our cities and in our schools and our churches, our homes, if we had the forefront on our minds to constantly share the gospel. And so over the next year, Travis is challenging our whole church, all every single one of us, to share the gospel 700 times. Can you picture that? Can you imagine that? Just picture the impact that would have if our church took 700 attempts at bat to share the gospel. What an amazing change we would see in our cities and in our churches, a revived community experiencing Jesus. It would be electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. How many of you guys did that? Sorry, had to. But seriously, it would be incredible. So to help with that challenge, over the next couple of weeks, you're going to see at our Mile City locations on uh, each of the walls at each of our locations, this diamond, this diamond box. And you're going to see there it's going to have a green background. And there's going to be a ping pong ball holder next to it. And so over the next year, the challenge is, is to every time that you share the gospel, as you pray about who you should share with, every time you share the gospel, which is what we want you to do is take that white ping ball, white ping pong ball. There's going to be two colors, yellow and white. I want you to take a white ping pong ball and write the name of the person that you shared the gospel with and then drop it in that diamond. Drop it in the top. And then as you share the gospel, if you share the gospel and God puts you in this position to actually See that person, pray that prayer to accept God into their lives, to make Jesus the Lord of their life. If you get to experience that, we want you to take a yellow ping pong, ball, ping pong ball and write the name of that person on there and drop it in there. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how jacked up we'll all be? I mean, I'm getting pumped thinking about it, but just think about it. In some way, we're going to all get to see all these gospel, gospel conversations happen as we watch all those ping pong balls fill up that diamond box. Who's your one? Whose name are you going to write on a ping pong ball? Let's be a church. Let's be a team that is known undeniably for sharing the good news of Jesus in a truly loving, gracious way. And then let's watch as God shows off in our towns, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our cities, in our schools. 
So with that recap of last week's uh, kickoff of Home Run and talking about sharing, now we get to hop into week two of our series, Shape. Talking about shape, getting to second base. But before we continue together, I just want to take a second to pray for our time together. So let's pray. Dear God, I just thank you for um, today. I thank you for the opportunity to talk about who you are. Lord, thank you that uh, you give us tools that we can just constantly uh, have have at our hands, have at our, grab, our grasp, Lord, that we can just constantly see, Lord, where am I um, not doing so well? Where am I sitting on the bench, Lord? Or where am I actually in the game, involved, Lord? How am I... Um, how am I allowing you to change me, God? I thank you that you give us those tools, that we can see that in your word, Lord. Thank you for your love for us, Father, that you sent your son to die for us, that we could have eternity with you. So God, we love you. I pray for our time together, Lord. I pray for myself that you would just get me out of the way, Lord, um, that the words that are spoken are your words and not mine. So we love you. Thank you for everybody who is watching. We pray this on your son's precious name, Jesus. Amen. So this idea of shaping or conditioning, getting second base, right? It's not a strange concept. We hear those words, condition, shape. We understand what they mean. It's not hard for us to comprehend them. But most of the time, it's one of the toughest things to actually do in our lives. Now, not just do, but make a regular rhythm. Some of us will actually never get to shaping or conditioning our lives at all. It's so hard. I mean, in theory, shaping and growing constantly, you know, it takes this cyclical vision it sounds easy. It makes this cyclical vision sound easy, right? Oh, shape, sure, I get it. Condition, sure, I get it. But it's so much harder and can be so difficult in our lives because if we face it, you know, we all have our lives, our former lives that we live. And, and, and when we invite God into our lives, right, there's still this constant pull to get our old life. And so to be shaped or be sanctified, if you've ever heard that word, or to be conditioned is always hard because it's this pull against our nature versus the way God designed us to be. It's so hard, but conditioning is a necessary part of most things in our life. It's definitely one of the hardest things we'll ever do. And being in this series home run, I think about the conditioning or shaping of Major League Baseball teams. I mean, Major League Baseball players, just their regular season is a marathon to be conditioned for. They play 162 games in 180 days with just 20 days off. And half of those days off are them traveling away from family, away from friends. It's not even in the comfort of their own home. 162 game in 180 days. For some of them, right? If you're good, you make it to the playoffs, you do really well, you could play up to 180 games. Then plus the four to six weeks of spring training, and just some of these are in just 220 days. That means almost two-thirds of the year, these guys are playing every day. They're conditioning. They're getting in shape. And then after that, they have this period of about three weeks of which they call active rest. So it's not just laying around but it's keeping active enough to, keep the, to help their bodies heal from the rigorous schedule they just went through. But it's not doing nothing and losing all the hard work that they have already put in. It's active rest, not couch potato rest, as they say in the industry. And what, typ- and what typically players do in their active rest period gives coaches a good idea of how that player will be next year. Do they lay around? Do they do nothing? Do they actually help their body heal, keep all that they worked hard for and actually progressed? As we think about all that hard work that they put in, right, that's just for a baseball game. And if all that is for a baseball game, for physical bodies, for just a season of the year, how much more important is the conditioning and shaping for our spiritual bodies when the spiritual season is lifelong? I mean, we have an opponent that's constantly conditioning, right? Always hoping to see us lose. An opponent who wants to see us sitting on the bench, flattening our faith, conforming to this world, and not trying to shape ourselves into who God calls us to be. You see, the enemy wants us to lack endurance, to not be active participants in the game or on God's team. 
So he would try everything to distract us. So we just end up sitting out and never playing the game. Because he knows that the more active, the more shaping, the more conditioning we do as players on God's team, that he truly has no chance of winning. Because when we're on God's team, and we are allowing God, our coach, to condition us for the game, the truth is that the enemy will never have real victory. He knows that as we strive to get on second and get in shape, the chances of sending or getting on third is highly likely. But it won't just happen on its own. No, no. You can't just sit there and let it happen. It's something we have to actively do and participate in. Because the simple truth is this. To stay on mission, we must condition. To stay on mission, we must condition. You can't just progress the game. You can't just get better by just sitting. You have to condition. To be on mission, to be on the mission God's called us to, we have to condition. The Apostle Paul says it like this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, be followers of God as dear children. Now, that word followers means to uh, imitate Christ, right? So when we ask that question, okay, I hear those words, but what does that shaping conditioning look like? It means to imitate Christ, to mimic Christ, to mimic the life that Christ led. It's taking the example he gave us through the life that he lived and mimicking it. But once again, that's hard, isn't it? I know, at least for me, uh, it's a struggle when God shaped me, when God sanctified me, especially in this last year. There's been so much, like, shaping going on for me that at some points I felt like, is there even hope to make it through this? Sometimes it's a real struggle. It's really, really hard. Does anybody else relate with that? If you're at home, wherever you're at, if you relate with that, just put it in the chat. Does anybody else relate with that? Well, at some point we all struggle, right? Because we have identities, we have dreams, we have passions, we have things that we are doing that we maybe don't want to do, but they're hard to give up. At some point, we all struggle with that, being shaped. So here at Mile City, we've created seven what we call mile markers. Or if you're at the trails, the seven core values to help us stay on track, to help us stay in the game, to help us continually move towards God and to be shaped into his image. And so on the screen here, you can see this is our track. This is our seven-mile marker track. And this is just a thing that can go round and round and round. doesn't matter where you hop in. There's no correct order for this. And if you don't have that, just screenshot, on this, screenshot this on your screen. If you want this, let us know. Email info milecity.com. We will get it to you um, so you can have it handy with you at all times. But this is a great thing just to assess where am I at? How am I doing? Right? Am I sitting on the bench when it comes to groups or weekly gathering? But am I playing in the game real hard when it comes to faith or daily encounter? So we're going to walk through some of these uh, seven mile markers together. And there's no specific order, as I said. There's no perfect way to go through them. It's just a way for us to assess, to get a realistic view of what's going on in our life. And the cool thing is that as we look through this, it's not just for us either, but it helps equip us as we help others on their journey towards God. And so as we dive in this, I just want you to ask yourself this question as we walk through these. Take an honest assessment and ask yourself, where am I stalling? Where am I cruising? Or where am I sitting on the bench? And where am I actually playing in the game? So let's walk through these together. One of these mile markers uh, is faith move. Right over here, and you'll, three, you'll see there's three sections to it, private, proclaim, and uh, private, uh, public, and proclaim. Each of us is on a spiritual journey, right? And each of our spiritual journey, you know, each of us in our spiritual journey needs to have a private faith move, a public faith move, and a proclaim it to the world faith move. Each of us comes to this point where we have to decide, who am I going to make king of my life? Which team am I going to commit to? Is it going to be the world, some other thing, or is it going to be King Jesus? 
Whose team are you going to be on? After you make that faith move, after you decide that faith move, then comes the public faith move, right? And this sometimes feels complicated, but it's literally just jumping in the water. For some of us, it's in a lake. It's in a river. For some of us, it's in a, a, a baptism tub. But regardless, it's us going public with our faith. It's us telling the world how God has changed our lives. It's us being obedient to, uh, to as God has instructed us in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, going public with your faith. And then the proclaim, right? This is literally just as we walk through life in our school, in our homes, uh, in our jobs, no matter where we're at, just us living this life, talking to people and telling them how God has transformed our lives, what God has done for us, and that God wants to do the same for them. Proclaim. Another mile marker here is daily encounter. And this is the idea. You can see this right, right down here at the bottom right corner, daily encounter. Daily encounter, this is the idea of what does it look like to daily enter into the presence of God. Where are we daily shutting out the noise of the world, all the chaos, and spending time with only Jesus? Right? For some of us, it can be praying. For some, it can be reading. If you're like me, it can be in a tree stand hunting, you know, connecting with the creator, the creation that I'm sitting in. He wants to connect with us. He wants to speak to us. He created us for a relationship with him, which is the most beautiful thing ever. It's so important to connect with him daily. So what does it look like for you to spend time daily with God? To spend time praying and talking with him on a daily rhythm. For some of you, this is the first time you're seeing it. You're like, wow, there's seven of these. But they're simple. They're easy to comprehend. Sometimes it takes work to get through them. But I just want to challenge you and encourage you. Just keep holding on. Get this card because it really is a helpful tool. So as we continue, another one of the mile markers is weekly gathering. The idea of literally what you're doing now, right? It's what's talked about in Hebrews 10, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And it says this. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. As you see the day drawing near. It's come together as believers as we continue on our journey to explore who God is and encourage one another. We all need encouragement. I know I can't see your hand, but if you're home, raise your hand if you need encouragement. I need encouragement. It's encouraging one another to get refocused, to get, refu to get refueled as we step back into the game to continue striving towards God to get together, to get to home plate. Weekly gathering is so important. Don't neglect it. Another one is groups. Moving together is better. Groups is something I love. I'm a huge fan of. Um, soon, tomorrow, there's going to be 26 people in my house. <laughs> For some of you, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> That's not all the sizes of the city groups. But groups are so important. Uh, God created us to be together. We say moving together is better here. There's lots of ways so, uh, to say it. But it's so important that you don't walk alone. You can't be in a game alone. You need a team. And God created people as a team to move alongside of you as we continue to pursue Jesus together in community. Let's get out of these rows where we can only see the person next to us and let's get in circles where we can see everybody and move together. If you're not in a group, I want to help you get in a group. And so you can email Maya at milecity.com or you can email info at milecity.com and just say groups and we will help you get connected to a group that's in your city that fits your time and schedule. One of the other mile markers is coaching. Coaching right here is so important. It's so crucial. It's talked about so many times in Scripture, uh, something that we are to model in our lives. Who is coaching you and who are you coaching? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. 
as said in Proverbs 27, 17. Or as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, this. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow as we follow. It's not perfection, but it's just us intentionally walking through this life together as we're all on the same journey. Who are you investing in? Who's investing in you? Who's pouring in time into you and who are you pouring time into? We do have coaching groups here. If that's something you're, you're desiring, if you've just re- desired so, for so long someone just to connect with, you know, if you're a guy with one or two or three other guys or if you're a lady with one or two or three other ladies, you just want to have that time, that small group where you walk together for a year or so, just really building into each other as you all journey towards God. We want to help you get connected to one of those as well. Um, you can also email info at milescity.com for that. But who are you pouring into and who's pouring into you? Generosity. This is one of the harder ones for a lot of us, right? You work hard for the finances that you get. You work hard for everything you have. But God wants every area of our lives, including our finances. He just doesn't want some of us. He wants all of us. He wants every area of our lives, including our finances. So ask the question, with everything that God has given me, how am I giving back? How am I investing in the local church so that they can keep building the church so that others can continue to experience God, experience Jesus? How am I being generous? How am I giving back to the local church? Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And it's so true. So many times in my life I have heard that scripture for so long and that passage so many times and I thought, oh, okay, I hear it. What what does that mean? But then I look, sometimes I would look at a bank statement. I see where I'm putting my money or where my footsteps are going. I go, man. This is really indicative of where my heart is. It's a hard truth sometimes. I've had to face that. Maybe for you, that's one. But the the thing is is that God loves you and he he wants a relationship with you. And so where are you being generous? One of the other mile markers is serving. On the crew and in the city and around the world. Here, right here at the bottom left-hand corner of that. Right? On the crew. Serving on the crew, we all have gifts given by God, all given talents. You know, we think about the crew, the local church, and how much help it needs to be built. We can't build it on our own. So maybe for some of you, serving on the crew looks like serving in kids. Or maybe it's uh, serving by greeting somebody out the door. Or it's loving on somebody by being a tour guide, which is just walking someone around, spending time with them, having good intentional conversations with them, asking real questions to get to know them so you can hear what's going on in their life. There are so, there's so much need in building a local church. And there's so many ways to do that. Whatever it might be, where are you using your gifts and your talents to serve on the crew? And then the city, right? To meet specific needs in our cities, partnering with great nonprofits, serving the needy in surrounding communities, caring for those, sharing some time with those who have lost family members, loving on those who are in need. There's a plethora. There's so many more than we can even count in our city. How are we serving in the city? How are we loving on others? And then the world, reaching to the ends of the earth, going out to all ends of the earth to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So as we look at this seven mile markers, this track that we have on, no matter where you hop in, right, there's no wrong place to do that. Where are you cruising? Where are you stalling? Or as we've been saying this whole time, where are you sitting on the bench? And where are you actively playing in the game? Well, I want to tell you a story before we end our time together. And it starts off like this. In 1895, there was a boy born in Baltimore, Maryland. His name was George, and he was one of eight kids. Now, George had an extremely rough life. In 1902, at the age of seven, 
Just George and one of his sisters were the only surviving children of the eight. George's parents, because of the need, both worked tirelessly, leaving George and his sister at home to fend for themselves. And you can only imagine, right? You can only imagine that at seven years old with the death of six siblings and no parental supervision, what kind of kid George was. George became unruly, as we can all imagine, right? Skipping school, wreaking havoc in his neighborhood, causing so much trouble. He caused so much trouble, so much trouble, so, so much trouble that at the age of seven, his parents realizes that George, need, George needed more strict environment to help guide him. And so it is at that point when George's parents realized that they sent George to a place called St. Mary's Industrial School for Boys. St. Mary's provided uh, a much more regimented environment for George that helped shape George's future. You see, when George arrived, one of the brothers of St. Mary's, brother Matthias, he saw George and he had compassion for George. So brother Matthias, this big six foot six, tall, strong guy, came beside George and cared for him like a father would for a son. Brother Matthias spent so much time alongside George, helping him learn real life skills, vocations that would help him in his adult life, setting him up so that he could live this adult life well. In addition to that, though, Brother Matthias taught and refined George's baseball skills. Day in and day out, Brother Matthias worked on with George on hitting, fielding, pitching, constantly, day after day after day after day, working on all these skills, shaping, conditioning George's baseball skills, shaping him to be sent to the majors. Well, the day came when that became a reality. Brother Matthias and some of the other brothers were so impressed with George's skills that at the age of 19, they invited a man named Jack Dunn. Jack Dunn was the owner of the Baltimore Orioles at the time, and he came to watch George play. Dunn was so impressed that after less than an hour watching him, he offered George a contract to play for the Orioles. And so obviously, George accepted this contract. Upon and after accepting that contract, which is so interesting because at that time, because George was so young, Jack Dunn actually had to uh, sign a contract and, 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 uh, to become his father. So then he could accept the contract to play for the Orioles. So he offered George his contract. George accepted, right? And so upon seeing George for the first time, the Orioles players referred to George as Jack's newest babe. And thus, the most famous nickname in American sports history came to be known. George would forever be known from that point on as Babe Ruth. Jack's newest babe, Babe Ruth. Now, most of us know Babe Ruth, right, because of his powerful hitting abilities. But he actually started his professional career in the major leagues as a pitcher and a great one, setting so many records. And it wasn't until a lot of shaping and condition happened, being on a total of three different teams, going to a minor league team because there wasn't room on the previous major league roster for him to have time to get those reps in, to become a great player. So he had to go to this minor league team. A lot of ups and downs. A lot of hard shaping happened for him because he, uh, before he got to the Yankees. And it was at that point when he uh, got to the Yankees that things really skyrocketed even more. All the previous records that had uh, been in place were broken, and he became the player we now know him to be on the team we now know him to have been with. The truth is, is that we all need continued conditioning and shaping on our journey towards God. Just like no baseball player, even the greatest, like Babe Ruth, has ever had a perfect record in all areas of the game or was born automatically being perfect, so it is the same with us as God's kids. But the beautiful thing is this, 
as we recognize where we need to be conditioned, shaped. And I can sit in here and tell you that I have had to be conditioned and shaped. I've already told you that so many times. The beautiful thing is that as we walk on this journey of being conditioned, of being shaped, when we move towards God, God is faithful to move towards us. When we move towards God, God is faithful to move towards us. Now, for some of you, you might be hearing this right now and you're thinking, this all sounds great, but I'm not even on the team. How can I be shaped when I'm not even in the dugout? For some of you, you've just been on the outskirts living life, living a life that constantly keeps coming up short. And you've come to this point where you're tired of living this life on your own. You're tired of feeling like you don't have a team. And today you're realizing that you want that team. You want that coach. You want to experience the love that only God can give you. Well, there's great news. Just as brother Matthias came around, saw a young troubled boy named George, came around him. In a similar, yet more perfect and much more powerful way, God did the same for us. See, God, when he saw us in our troubled state, wanted to come around so much that he sent his son Jesus to earth to live a perfect life and to die for our sins and rise again conquering death making a way that we could be on God's team that we could be with him forever for eternity that we didn't have to be separated anymore that we didn't have to walk this life alone that we didn't have to be a team of one God wanted us to want us to be in a relationship so bad that he sent his one only son to die and rise again for you for you and so if you're sitting here and you're, you're thinking, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done living on the outskirts. I'm done living this life of one. I want to be on God's team. I want to be loved by the perfect creator of the entire universe. The good news is you don't have to wait for that. You don't have to. There's no perfection required. It's just your heart. God just wants your heart. He just wants to love you. And so if that's you and you're sitting here and you want to make that decision today, you want to invite God to be the Lord of your life, the King of your life, I just want you to bow your head, close your eyes, and repeat this prayer after me. And I just want to tell you that in these words, there's nothing magical. There's nothing uh, that's, that's just out of this world about them. They're just a, an expressed desire. You're just speaking words to God about your desire to live your life for him. So if that's you, just repeat after me. Say, dear God, Father, I know that I have lived this life away from you on a team of my own. But today, God, I no longer want to do that. Today, God, I want to be on your team, Father. God, I want, to, I want you to be king of my life. And so, God, with the best that I know how, Lord, I lay aside my pride. Lord, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are King Jesus, that you sent your son to die for me and that he rose again, conquering death, making a way that I could be with you for eternity. So, God, please come into my life. I invite you to be king of my life, Lord. And I want to live on your team forever. Guys, we continue to pray for those of us who know you, but have been sitting on the bench, sitting back, um, not allowing you to shape us, Lord, not allowing you to condition us. Father, I pray that you would just, ah, just, just motivate us, Lord. Father, help us to be available to you, Lord. Help us not to be so closed off, God. Father, kick us in the butt. Lord, we need it. We want it, Lord. You love us so much, God. And I, so I just pray that we wouldn't sit back anymore, that we would get on the field and that we would continue to play on your team, Lord. God, we thank you again for the opportunity to be loved by you. Thank you for the sacrifice of your son for our life, Lord. We thank you for this new day. 
And it's in your son's name we pray, amen. Well, if you made that decision to put your faith in Jesus, I just want you to do something. I want you to tell somebody. There's some instructions on the screen. I just want you to follow those. And what's gonna happen, someone's gonna get in contact with you and just celebrate that, that decision that you made and just walk alongside of you. As you heard, we need a team. We need a team to navigate this journey of ups and downs together. And so um, we want you to do that. And I just want you to let me know that I'm so excited for you for making that decision today. And I'm so thankful that you were here with us at Mile City Online.